Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The official name of that defensive umbrella is Operation Prosperity Guardian. It's a coalition of more than 20 nations that includes the United Kingdom. But most of the ships, aircraft, and firepower are coming from America. When was the last time that the U.S. Navy operated at this pace for a couple months? I think you'd have to go back to World War II, where you have ships who are engaged in combat. When I say engaged in combat, where they're getting shot at, we're getting shot at, and we're shooting back. You'd have to go back to World War II since the Navy's been engaged in that sort of thing, sustained period of time. Sounds like combat to me. Let's discuss the developments in the Gulf, in the region, around the world with CNN military analyst Mike Lyons, who joins us. Uh, Mike, thanks. Great to talk to you. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. So does that sound accurate to you? That's the most engagement our Navy's had since World War II? Probably from a naval perspective, if you take out uh, the naval air assets that have been participating in combat, uh, you know, really in every conflict for the past 20, 25 years, this is, you know, fight, uh, combat towards the ships, you know, yeah. the destroyers, the aircraft carriers, we're always safe, you know, na- naval tactics are protect the carrier at all costs. Well, now they've got to be concerned about that. The fact that uh, our enemy is targeting uh, actual naval assets uh, in the water is, is somewhat new. And, and, and the, new, the new thing is this underwater drone doing some research on that. Um, coming from Iran, it, it loiters. It's kind of like a loitering torpedo is kind of the best way to describe it. And uh, the fact that they were able to shoot that out before it got close to it, uh, things are getting dicey. No question for the, the naval operators uh, in the Red Sea. 
Just a quick tangential question, Mike. I think a lot about the the Navy for various reasons, both personal and patriotic. Uh, I'm troubled by our lack of capacity for shipbuilding as China's uh, Navy grows by leaps and bounds. At the same time, though, with the growing sophistication of uh, missiles, uh, both ours and the Chinese in particular, I wonder how long a big manned surface fleet is going to have the significance it has now. Well, from a principle of war perspective, it, it provides mass on that domain, so I think that's always going to be there. I'm concerned about it as well. I do think we need to increase our naval uh, capacity, both uh, what we have in the water and the sea, uh, as well as underwater. We're talking about submarines there as well. So um, I do believe that as the Chinese are going to you know, kind of rely on the old-school gunboat diplomacy in what's happening in the Pacific, we've got to match that with similar assets. Now, we we use our technology to gain an advantage, but right now that's being flipped on its head. You, you saw that 60 Minutes report, Nora O'Donnell talking about, you know, we're taking million-dollar cruise missiles and knocking out ten and $15,000 drones, let's say, with it, because we have to protect their ships. So from an economic perspective, we're not on the right side of that. We have to, you know, kind of figure that as well. We can get, we get away with that because we're a prosperous country and we can afford it, but uh, we might not be able to afford that in the future, especially as these countries change their tactics. I'm concerned about swarming technology for example, that's going to in- impact the battlefield uh, on the sea. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mentioned a couple of different times they're not exactly sure what they're up to. Like, what's their goal? Picking a fight with the the biggest, baddest bull in the barn, and what you know, is mm-hmm. it attrition? Like you guys were just talking about, or yeah, I, I don't know what the Houthis' goal is. Just just besides, uh, from a re- purely religious perspective, to go meet their maker there, I, it it doesn't make sense, and that's why. You know the rational uh, negotiation with these terrorists doesn't doesn't go go, go anywhere because uh, they they don't have the same you know kind of value sets we do. So they're going to continue to uh, in, until until we're they've been deterred or either out of ammunition. They're going to continue to do exactly that. And Iran's going to use them, I think, as a laboratory the, again. These this submarine mm. drones and the surface drones and the things that they're doing, these unmanned the things they're they're easy to they're easy to get there and they're easy to, to deploy. Um, I saw your tweets about Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine lost a major city over the weekend to Russia, but you seem to say Russia's not quite on the verge of winning. What's going on there? No, I don't think so. I I, I think that, um, you know, for the last four months, they've expended uh, about 40,000 soldiers that, that have been lost on their side and all kinds of battle damage assessment from 30 square kilometers. Um, you know, there, there's there's not this um, immediacy with regard to Russia breaking through on an offensive operation. Ukraine's got to go into a defensive mode now and, and stop any kind of counteroffensive. And what Russia's doing is taking back some of those areas that they lost during that counteroffensive in the past nine months. Um, but Russia is learning. They, they recognize that they, if they mass forces in certain areas, they'll be successful. That this area, Afdivka, is in the middle of this very long front. Um, and, you know, when you look at it from a strategic perspective, it looks like a divide and conquer, but they just still don't have the resources to do that. Now, eventually they might um, if the Ukraine government doesn't get re- 
resupplied. The military is going to get resupplied in the next, let's say, 30, 60, 90 days. Um, they're running out of ammunition, no question about that, artillery. We saw Denmark decide to give all of its artillery inventory to Ukraine. That's a, that's a nice gesture. But they need the 50 or $60 billion of aid that's, that would come from the, from the West uh, in order to have uh, this fight to be sustained for the next couple of years. And what, what we'll do is take stocks, uh, things out of our stocks, send them to Ukraine, and, and rebuild them here in the United States. So it's kind of a win-win from a political perspective. But I guess right now, neither side wants to give the other side any kind of political victory, which is it's going to hurt the Ukraine military. It's interesting to watch the arguments, listen to the arguments here domestically, uh, particularly on the right side of the aisle between those who are staunchly in favor of helping Ukraine and those who seem to think it's a bad idea for a variety of reasons. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of disagreement in Europe. The EU is remarkably united in thinking Mm -hmm. Putin's a hell of a threat. Right. Yeah, and and look what he's done to Navalny now, and you know he 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 does this because it's getting closer to the election, and you know, he picks and chooses when he wants to assassinate people, and and you know these kind of bloody leaders they exist because they take their they take their opponents out before they they you know they get close to becoming more powerful. But yeah, you, uh, over the weekend you saw um, the foreign minister of Latvia and Lithuania make comments about the threat as they are close to Putin, they're close to what's going on in Russia there. Um, We've got to get, you know, the Germans and the French and others involved and start spending more money. Only seven countries in NATO are meeting that that 2.5% goal that they're supposed to meet for GDP. That's just not enough. Mike Lyons, CNN military analyst. Mike, it's always great to talk. Before we let you go on this President's Day, are there any, is there a president or are there a couple that you admire particularly that you think about a lot, read about a lot, maybe uh, uh, use as role models? I, I there's there's so many I've studied them. JFK was uh, inaugurated in the year of my birth, I guess. But uh, I guess my favorite president has got to be Abraham Lincoln. If you go to the Lincoln Memorial and you look above his the statue, that, that great statue that exists in that the monument to him, and there's a quote above it, and it says something that goes like this. I don't have it exact, but it's like, "For whom he saved the nation, the memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined in this temple forever." And I always looked at that and said, you know, forever is a long time. You know, I'm sure the Romans put up a lot of statues and said the memory of this guy is going to be here forever. So as a, so as a soldier, I get to the Lincoln Memorial, I look up in there, I said, you know what, I better look around here because I'm going to be defending this place someplace because the United States said his memory is going to be here forever. That's a good one. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Mike, thanks very, very much. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, yep. if, uh, if I went to the Lincoln Memorial, I'd throw red paint on it because of climate change, but... Well, you're an idiot. Um, so, uh, yeah, speaking of Lincoln, and I could go on all day, uh, if you ever get a chance to go to the Lincoln sites, including his tomb in Springfield, Illinois, do it. It is, uh, the Lincoln Museum there is, is fabulous. The tomb is incredibly moving and uh, somber, and uh, it's just, it's kind of a cool experience. I've never uh, been there. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I happen to live in the Springfield area for a number of years and did some of it. A lot of it's more recently developed. And when my youngest and I were touring Midwestern colleges, we stopped in for good, good long stay. As I am a Lincoln file, and she is a history nut too. But it's it's good stuff. It's very moving. You know, the one thing about Lincoln that has, I guess, fueled my affection for him <clears throat> through the years is that. The more you learn about him, uh, the more it becomes clear that he was, and this sounds stupidly obvious, but think about it for a second, he was utterly human. 
we tend to want our heroes to be superhuman. And he was a guy who liked silly jokes. He had bouts of depression. He had an unhappy marriage. His kid got sick and died. And he acknowledged over and over again, this circumstance is horrific. And it's going to kill me one way or the other, but I have a job to do, so I'm going to see if I can save the union. And it was not a bunch of... He made some beautiful, beautiful pronouncements. The Gettysburg Address is one of the most brilliant combinations of words homo sapiens have ever strung together. But he was just... He was a dude. He was a small-town lawyer from Illinois. Yeah, his wife was a nut. And one of my favorite things from the Burling game biography which is supposedly the best lincoln biography is uh, i have volume one in my greasy mitts it's, it's him coming out of his house and they had a white picket fence around his house and him slamming the gate and muttering something about his wife and i always thought that's fantastic you don't picture yeah. that with people like that God, so <laughs> just never stops never stops <laughs> again with the difference of it Right. right. <laughs> uh, you know, as long as we're talking about Link, uh, the reason I have Volume 1 of Berlin Games' Abraham Lincoln A Life is because uh, in the first few pages uh, is described one of the things that stuck with me more than anything else from the, uh, from the rather uh, beefy biography of the man. Volume 1, for instance, is, uh, well, it's about 700 pages of prose, and then Volume 2 is equally weighty. But it's the description of his early childhood. When you hear the expression, dirt poor, that's how he grew up. Like, dirt, starving, freezing, beaten, enslaved poor. Which either makes you a psychopath or fills you with compassion. Mm. I had some more on uh, Putin in the Middle East, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about that going forward. Putin in the Middle East or Putin Both. and well, the actually, East. Putin okay. and the and the Middle East in that. I heard somebody portray it this weekend, and I thought it was so good. I'm a big, we should support Ukraine and push Russia out guy. But um, somebody making the point of, look, it's authoritarianism against the democracies. And are we going to let them win? It's Russia being armed by China, North Korea, and Iran. And are they more committed to what they want to accomplish than the United States and all its friends? Right now, yes. And on a more practical level, because if you're going to answer the uh, arguments of some of the isolationists, you have to put it in terms of our interest. Um, what happens if we let the totalitarians win the day? Their appetite grows with the eating, as the saying goes. Just like mine. <laughs> I am wearing my I like pie t-shirt today. So Nice. Nice. I understand the expression. Um. See, we talked about polyamory. I know we have more presidential trivia on the way. I've got some great stuff on both Lincoln and Washington for those who would pause in the day-to-day -to, -day to reflect on our great leaders. Oh, Katie did the new test on your, uh, your, 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 your power as opposed to your strength that is a good way to measure how healthy you are. I can tell you about that, how she did on that. Coming up, stay here. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Florida father who fought off a man trying to abduct his four-year-old from a Miami CVS must be given a special commendation, not only for defending his son, but for being the first person ever to stop someone from stealing at CVS. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's a well-known phenomenon. Happy to see it pointed out. Lawlessness. Uh, Hanson, can we post at the website... The article in the New York Times about power versus strength and how to test your power as you get older to see that you've got enough of it because it's very important to a happy quality of life, they say. Anywho, the test is you sit in a chair, you fold your arms across your chest, and how many times can you stand up and sit down from that chair using just your legs in 30 seconds? If you're over 65, you're supposed to be able to do it, what, 17 times, I think? Something like that. Or I guess it was 12. Uh, if you're in your 50s, it's 17. Something like it. But how many times did you do it, Katie? Uh, 21. 21. 21. Very nice. You're young. Very fit. You're young and powerful. Thank you, sirs. <laughs> May I have another? Uh, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I'm certain I would underperform on this. I think I may try it, although I'm working on this very sort of thing uh, rather hard uh, these days. To repair my poor broken body. Mm, yeah. I still want to get Jack doing push-ups. That's my goal for the yeah, year. Yeah, I, I've been doing push-ups. I've been doing push-ups. Absolutely. My birthday's coming up. I'm going to reset my uh, New Year's resolution on my birthday on Wednesday. Do Ooh. 21 on the 21st. That'll be the first challenge. That's, should I do that? That's an interesting on way to exercise. And then the first day of the month, you do one push-up. Then on the second day, you do two. <laughs> Every month, you do this. I don't know why. Nobody knows. It's called the Katie Green Method. <laughs> 
I'll take it. So, Jack, you like this uh, story? Is it is uh, push-up related and involves drunkenness? <clears throat> I will keep everybody anonymous, but a uh, <clears throat> one friend was rather inebriated, <laughs> and uh, the uh, quite inebriated. And it, the, it happens. Uh, top the topic went to push-ups, and he said quite uh, drunkenly. I can do 50 push-ups. That's a lot. 50 is a lot of push-ups. I I do 25. And then... Then I do another 25. That would would be 50. (laughs) Math checks. (laughs) That is 50. So did he do that then? Did he then do 50 push-ups? Oh, there would have been vomiting if, if that had oh, been okay. attempted. Oh, okay. No, no. Well, okay, just... if all we're doing is claiming, so two sets. I'll, I'll all kinds of day. stuff. I can lift a car over my head. If we don't have to demonstrate <laughs> it, I'll do, we'll just start throwing things out. Wow, Pixar didn't happen? You're that sort of hard-ass? Uh-huh. Okay, all right, uh-huh. fine, great, all right. I can lift I can lift a car over my head. <laughs> <laughs> two cars, one with each hand. Wow, okay. Um, we've got more presidential trivia for you on this President's Day coming up. Um, came across the stupidest thing in uh, any newspaper I saw over... Maybe that's something I should do. It should be a new Monday feature. The stupidest thing I saw on the news all weekend. I would look forward to that. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good feature. Although that article about polyamory might have ranked up there pretty high. But there's another dumber one. But really? Wow, that's impressive. Uh, coming up, some great information on George Washington, his leadership, and his attitudes about slavery. Perhaps you could keep them in mind as the DEI crowd attempts to pervert all is good and holy in this country. Yeah, we should touch more on that giant fine that Trump got hit with on Friday after we got off the air. Oh, my God. That's a life-wrecking thing to have happen, though he is going to appeal it. Who knows where that will go? Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER hey I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, 
navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Stupid People's Choice Awards were last night, but this was funny from Adam Sandler. So when my agent called me and said I won the People's Choice Icon Award, I think I misheard him. I thought he said, uh, congratulations, Adam, you won the People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive. So I wrote a speech for that. I would like to say thank you for recognizing me as the man who made our entire country the horniest this year. <laughs> and, was, and was by far the most talked about person in the bedroom by couples or thruples during fantasy role playing sloppy time. I am trying to be gracious, People, People Magazine, but I have to admit three words keep popping into my head right now. About freaking time. <laughs> Slappy time is such an Adam Sandlerism. Wow. <laughs> couples are throuples. Slappy time. <laughs> anyway, welcome to President's Day. How about some presidential trivia, Michael? Please set the table, set the scene. That I had a calf care. William McKinley was the first president to campaign by telephone. Boy, that puts the trivia back in trivia. Who cares? Yeah, all of those like that, though, are just, that's when it existed, is what you're telling me. Yeah, which is mildly right, interesting right. if you're really bored. Uh, this one, though, knock your socks off. Franklin Pierce, who's, of course, known for many things. He gave his 3,300-word inaugural address from memory without notes. Wow, cool. Now, was it like verbatim, like a TED Talk, or did he just have a few themes he wanted to riff on? Or so he just has a better memory than some other people. Whoop-de-doo. I'm worried. Your judgment is really what I care about as a president. Yeah, you can look stuff up as president, but if you have no judgment, uh, who cares? First president to call his residence in Washington, D.C., the White House, that was Teddy Roosevelt. Before his term, it was just called the Executive Mansion or the President's House. Uh. This is perhaps one of the best-known pieces of presidential trivia. James Madison was the shortest and lightest president at five foot four and about one hundred pounds. That is a teeny little fella. And of course, I find it fascinating. I mean, he's really one of the founding fathers. F- oh yeah, father of the Constitution, Gen- surpassing genius. Yeah, and there's no way. You could get elected president five, four hundred pounds today. I don't think you could even get elected, to, you know, governor, senator, anything as a man. Five, four hundred pounds. That's dumb that you couldn't get elected because you're short and light. That's just a dumb right. way to, you know, judge people. It's not like our politicians have to plow fields or, or lift cars it's off all of a, injured people. It's all about tug of wars. You don't want to lose a tug of war against uh, South Carolina because your governor's too light. 
You got to be tall and handsome. Uh, some interesting information on uh, Washington. I could go on and on about Washington, Washington, as I'm sure Jack could too. He invented for the Western world the concept of a powerful executive who willingly gives up power at the end of his term. Um, would would accept no kingly powers bestowed upon him, although there were those who urged him to over and over again. There were those who wanted him to be appointed king, and he said, absolutely not. You've kind of missed the point, haven't you? <laughs> were you paying <laughs> to paraphrase attention? the great man. Were you paying attention to this whole revolution? Are you listening? <laughs> George Washington. Um, in his farewell address, Washington warned posterity against undoing our constitutional from his constitutional system from within or without. We should, quote, steadily discountenance irregular oppositions to its acknowledged authority, resist with care the spirit of innovation upon its principles, and reject modifications and interpretations that would, quote, undermine what cannot be directly overthrown. And because it was the right of the people to make their constitution, Washington argued, quote, the constitution, which at any time exists till changed by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people is sacredly obligatory upon all. I wonder what he would think of several recent presidents who did things they knew were unconstitutional mm. and would be knocked down by the courts, but uh, would curry favor among their preferred voting bloc. Well, people are constantly thrown out. What would the founding fathers think of this or that? But and it's you know some of them are better arguments than others. But I don't think there's any doubt that if the founding fathers looked at the power of the presidency now, they'd think that is not our that was not our intention. Right, right, clearly. And then uh, finally, I guess uh, about Washington. And part of the reason I'm spurred to bring this up is. Uh, the state of Washington is threatening a bunch of EMTs, uh, emergency responders, those sort of people, with uh, loss of their license if they don't submit to DEI training. If they don't, if they don't submit to Marxist training sessions, struggle sessions, and where they're in, where they're instructed to embrace racism and uh, unconstitutional discrimination, and and again, Marxism. Um, they will be barred from for pursuing their their line of work in Washington State, which is an absolute obscenity. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, but uh, the whole idiotic and utterly unsupportable allegation by the DEI crowd that this country was founded on racism, founded to perpetuate racism, and the Constitution was designed uh, exclusively to make sure race, uh, slavery continued, for instance. Um, slavery, this is uh, quoting from the, the editors of National Review, but slavery was largely unquestioned in America until Washington was nearly 40. It was growing rapidly in Virginia in his youth. At the peak of the transatlantic trade, slaves surged from less than a third of Virginia's population in 1730 to nearly 40 by 1750. Wow! You're approaching half the population with slaves in Virginia? Wow! And again, all that before Washington was a middle-aged man. By 1786, after the process of abolition had begun in northern states, and not long after a proposal to pursue the same had been debated and voted down in Virginia, but not overwhelmingly. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So in the 1780s in Virginia, there was a sizable movement to end slavery. Interesting. Washington wrote in one of his private letters, I never mean, unless some particular circumstance should compel me to it, to possess another slave by purchase, it being among my first wishes to see some plan adopted by the legislature by which slavery in the country may be abolished. 
by slow, sure, and imperceptible degrees. He was one of those incrementalists because you couldn't turn half of the population loose with no rights, no voting, angry from being enslaved, etc., um, which I realize by current standards sounds awful. But there he was in uh, the 1700s saying, it is among my first wishes, meaning my greatest desires, that we figure out how to end this. As did Jefferson at length. So... George Washington was like the size of a linebacker, great big giant guy. Six foot four. Did he ever carry Madison around in his like a uh, pocket? Or like like Paris Hilton carries around little dogs, like he had a little bag. You got James Madison. He probably could have carried him out. under his, his arm or on his shoulder or something, like a his uh, uh, you know, eight year old. Right. I it, well he towered a foot above him and almost surely outweighed him by seventy pounds, although Washington is a big, hulking guy at 6'4". People were way skinnier back in the day. Yeah. One of the stories on 60 Minutes last night was about Killian Murphy, the Irish actor who portrayed uh, Oppenheimer, and how he lost, what was it, some 28 pounds or something like that? He's a thin dude anyway. To portray Oppenheimer, to, f- to get into the 26-inch pants of the man of the 40s. Right. Because everybody was so skinny then. Or you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you look at Mick Jagger and Keith Richards' stage clothes, they look like children's clothing. Yeah, I was They just would at, swap clothes with their girlfriends. Yeah, I was just at the Warner Brothers studio tour and they had a lot of the costumes from famous movies and it was similar. All the dudes and women, everybody was so skinny. Now, I suppose that's true of a lot of actors and actresses now. They, they tend to be uh, thinner than the general population, but... So our point is, we eat too much. People were thin back in the day. And I'm wearing a shirt that says, I like pie. That's not helping. I stopped yesterday at a place, had pancakes and biscuits and gravy. Man, that's a meal right there. Pancakes and biscuits and gravy. If I'm ever, I just uh, got the small side order of biscuits and gravy. If I'm ever at a place that serves biscuits and gravy, I always order to try it out. Because it varies so much. Sure. Yeah, I get that, and I love biscuits and gravy. But you need pancakes as well as all those biscuits. Well, all this, a couple of big biscuits, generally. Right. Right. You don't have to eat it all. (sighs) I did. But you don't have to eat it all. It's terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) George George Washington would have given you the broadside of his sword upside your head. A man needs a lot of uh, calories to make it through the day in modern life. I think that's the difference. Eat not excessive victuals. Lest you grow hog-like, George Washington. Lest you grow hog-like. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. Eat not biscuits and gravy, followed by the sin of pancakery. So even a CNN legal analysis, pretty harsh on President Biden for his hanging on to those classified documents and saying, this has kind of been ignored from the her report, what he did. Hello? We can hit you with that, among other things, on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Couple of developments over the weekend, or since we were last on the air Friday, with both presidents, Biden and Trump. First, this is Joe Biden. I don't even remember what he was originally talking about. I'm not sure he did either. Um, listen to this 
confusing pause he dropped. Do whatever the hell they want. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. What was that? It is so obvious he has been told he needs to be careful, not just speak off the cuff, but he needs to say out loud after a long, I need to be careful and not say what I'm um, I'm thinking. Um, The guy is addled. My gosh. He no longer has the ability to edit on the fly to think, okay, I better put it like this. He doesn't even have the ability to do that very slowly. He has to instruct himself out loud. So we'll check in on Biden in a second on his classified document situation and the her report, which said that his brain didn't work. Uh, but first, this is Ellie Honig, law, their, uh, law, what do you call it? An analyst, law legal analyst, correspondent, legal yeah. correspondent for a CNN on the whole Trump thing that went down on Friday. As to what happens next, first, Donald Trump will have to post a bond. He's not going to have to post three hundred fifty plus million dollars in cash. If the parties can work out an agreement, that should do it. If not, the judge will come in and say there usually has to be some substantial cash component. But Donald Trump also can probably post the deeds, the rights to certain buildings in order to satisfy that bond. Once he posts the bond, then he will have the right to appeal. He automatically will have the right to one appeal to the mid-level New York appeals court. And then maybe he can try to the highest level New York state court. But he will have his right to appeal. At the end, though, whatever number comes out of that appeal, that's not negotiable. He will have to pay that amount. Okay, so uh, skip the setup that I meant to play. So in case you didn't know this on Friday, this is the whole Trump overvalued his assets when trying to get loans thing and uh, the state of New York has this law uh, where the state can just on its own, without anybody complaining or anything, jump in and say, hey, hey, that's not cool. That that happened, and now we're going to fine you. It's called a disengorgement or disgorgement, something like that. Um, but it's like getting a fine. Uh, it's never been used before. Certainly never used like this before. Whenever the this New York law has been used in the past, according to the Associated Press, it's always been against some like fraudulent diet plan or something like that. Just right. out and out fraud. This was Trump making a deal with banks that lent him money, coming up with an interest rate. They assessed his assets, which is what you do, um, uh, decided to give him the loan, had no complaints, never complained to the state, thought they had a fine deal, Trump was paying on time, and the state jumped in and said, ah, you might think you're smart, Morgan Stanley, but we think you got screwed. So we're going to jump in here and, and fine Mr. Trump a half a billion dollars. It's worth pointing out that the few times this law has been invoked in the past, it's been invoked to stop an ongoing fraud in its tracks because people are being ripped off currently or sold diet crap that doesn't work or whatever. This was years old deals that everybody was happy with. Yeah, we should hear from Letitia James. She's the New York AG who brought this whole thing forward. She's out to get Trump. She hates him a lot. How about clip 74, Michael? Today, justice has been served. Today, we prove that no one is above the law. No matter how rich, powerful, or politically connected you are, everyone must play by the same rules. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple, 
but fundamental pillar of our democracy that the rule of law applies to all of us equally, fairly, and justly. And if there's anywhere in America where a rich guy is getting maybe a slightly better interest rate on a loan from a giant bank that runs the world, we need to stop that in its tracks. Yeah, the Associated Press quoted a number of business people that don't think this had any effect on anybody, really. Uh, no damage done. But anyway, this Letitia James goes on to, uh, like she's starring in some sort of movie. The way she presents this, here she goes. Yeah, but, the, but like may have- early, early 60s, 50s movie where the acting's very flowery right. and very unreal. Yes, Michael. Donald Trump may have authored the art of the deal, but he perfected the art of the steal. No! Because the scale and the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so, too, is his ego and his belief that the rules do not apply to him. But the question is, and this is what legal experts are asking, is some legal experts are asking, is who did he defraud? Right, right. Hey, there are plenty of things, uh, character-wise, I'm not pleased with uh, at all with Donald J. Trump. Plenty of them. But this stinks to high heaven. But anyway, so this Eli Honig person from CNN that you just heard a little bit ago talking about Trump uh, wrote for New York Magazine over the weekend about Biden's classified document situation. And I thought this was pretty interesting and isn't getting enough attention. Here's the single most important piece of evidence in her's report. In a recording made by the ghostwriter in February 2017, a month after Biden left the vice presidency, Biden says he had just found all the classified stuff downstairs. That, folks, is the needle scratch moment. Up until last week, the party line has essentially been, hey, classified documents are strewn all around the White House. A bunch of boxes got moved around. Transition is chaotic. Documents end up in various places. Big mistake. Whoops, sorry. Now we know that's untrue, says the CNN legal analyst. Indeed, for the past year, the president and his mouthpieces have doggedly denied unintentionality. Biden's attorney declared in January 23, as the scandal broke, the documents were inadvertently misplaced. Wrong. It wasn't inadvertent. Biden possessed at least some of these papers knowingly and on purpose. Biden knew he had highly classified documents in his home, kept them for a reason and held on to them for years. He knew it all along. He broke the law and he definitely misled the American public. That's from CNN's legal analyst. Wow. If he then cooperated, is that different than the Trump thing still? Yes, it is. But it's also different from what they claimed. I'd say. Armstrong and Getty. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 